comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The PKD Black Box presents The Carol Chronicles. Hello once again to the fun that never begins or ends. You're on the Carol Chronicles with John Carroll. Here we sponsored by this week. Uh, Tall House Cookies. They're delicious. They're not quite as good as Duncan Hines. And they're certainly not as good as Chips Ahoy. But when you ain't got much money, you go with Tall House. That's all I gotta say. <coughs> well, my erstwhile co-host Dean Stahl is not gonna be able to join us this week. So there will be uh, we're gonna cut down on the pro wrestling talk and just go over a little brief bit of the storylines that have been going on. First on Raw, uh, just a quick down and dirty recap. Um, R-Truth is going insane. They're trying to build him up as a heel. It probably won't go anywhere. Then, let's see, uh, Michael Cole was embarrassed a little bit because he lost the Kiss My Foot match. Nothing much going on there. Um, Let's see, Big Show and Kane lost the tag belts the day after we said they would do it. That's one of the only two matches really we were wrong on on the pay-per-view, Dean and I. Which, according to, from everything he's hearing, uh, Paul Wright, the Big Show, wants uh, some time off, so he's going to get a few weeks off and have a reduced schedule. Uh, so it looks like Kane's going to be wrestling solo for a while, especially because uh, he did fight Kali on uh, the last SmackDown. Uh, Kelly Kelly did not win the title. It surprised us, but with the news coming out later at the end of this past week that uh, Karma is pregnant, it's not surprising that Brie Bella won because the Bella Twins, I mean, they're about the same. It's a believable match when they fight Kelly Kelly. It's a believable match when Kelly Kelly fights Karma, but not a believable match when the Bellas fight Karma. So it looks like Karma's going to be taking some time off. Um, well, otherwise, on SmackDown, uh, like we said, the Nexus won the tag belts, which I could probably be pulling Freebird rules on that. For those of you who aren't familiar with Freebird, with the Freebird rules, aka the Demolition rules, aka the Spirit Squad rules, any member of the group can defend the tag titles. Ironically enough, the one group that never really used that very often was the Varsity Club. Surprised me when I found it out. Uh, what else went on? Uh, WWE had a tribute to Randy Savage, and CM Punk also played homage to Randy in his ring attire in the tag match. Uh, let's see who else. They've moved Miz. Looks like Miz is moving down in the card for a while. He'll probably he'll make a run probably at the Intercontinental Belt or something. Uh, but it looks like he'll have a program with Alex Riley because it looks like Alex Riley pulled a Virgil. He's breaking away. Problem is, per Dean, Alex Riley sucks as a wrestler, so who knows where this is going. This will actually be good because it's be one of the few times that Miz is going to be the better wrestler in a feud, and he'll be able to try and carry the matches, and that'll actually help him long-term because he'll get his skills a little bit sharper because in matches with the guys like Cena and such, he has been roughly the equal. 
Moving on to SmackDown, big thing there. Uh, some reports I'm reading on the net and everything are that the WWE is looking to move Christian into a heel role, especially after he lost to Orton this past Sunday. And I don't know why. He's a good heel, but it looks like Vince wants to make his two big stars, Cena and Orton. Yeah, Orton's younger. And he's never left the Fed. He's loyal to Vince. He's young. I still contend that the reason he won the belt against uh, Christian was simply because he had, they wanted to pimp that movie that he had coming out. And also they wanted to make him happen to be the number two face in the company. Uh, a couple of things I've seen is said, what, look out and watch for him to be the... Look for, I'm sorry, him being Christian, uh, interfere in the match of Sheamus, a.k.a. Uh, Casper the Irish Ghost, versus Orton next uh, Friday on SmackDown. That's, that'll be a weird match because both guys are very similar. I think Sheamus is a little bit better wrestler having watched him, but you never know. Uh, let's see, anything else coming up on SmackDown that I saw that was interesting? Sin Cara being Sin Cara. Looks like they're gonna, they may push him to, I don't know, maybe a U.S. title run? I don't know. The WWE has been weird because they've been having a lot of non-title matches for stuff. I mean, that's why Kingston's lost a couple other things. <clears throat> and so it's, yeah, who knows? Uh, I think coming out of this upcoming pay-per-view or so, uh, I think Cena's next big opponent will probably be CM Punk. Anything else going on in the world of pro wrestling that I've seen? Not really. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to follow TNA. I'll be honest with you. I may. I may have an occasional. Dean and I, or I guess, may have an occasional review, but nothing at this point. Next up, we're going to talk about MMA. I feel sorry for UFC this past weekend because they did have a pay per view yesterday. Not by yesterday, and I'm recording this on the day before Memorial Day. And from all respects, it is, was a mediocre to decent pay-per-view. It was not a good above average. In large part, that was because they had I mean, their number one match was supposed to be Ray Maynard 3, but both guys got hurt, so they had to cancel that. So your number one match became Matt Hamill, a.k.a. Deaf Guy. Not greased up Deaf Guy. That's on Family Guy, just Deaf Guy versus uh, Rampage. Rampage won, but he couldn't finish him. Rampage blames uh, the fact that his hand was broken and he didn't want Ann Hamill's chin. And then you also had Frank Mir decision. Fat guy Roy Nelson, who looked incredibly wounded, which Roy Nelson is huge. I mean, he's fat. I mean, he's just plain fat, but he's always had great car above average cardio. He just didn't train as well, I guess, for this, because I don't think he thought because Mir doesn't have great cardio either. So Nelson probably thought that match would be ended in two, not go all the way to the end of three. So he probably did not train as hard. Uh, Hamill just got the shit beat out of him repeatedly. Um, so you got that there. Coming up for UFC, coming out of that, 
Mir probably will fight somebody, and if he wins that, he'll be about another fight away from contending for the title shot. Problem with Frank Mir is that he's always going to be a guy kind of like Christian, kind of like a. I don't know. He's one of those guys that he's too good to be the low card, but not good enough to be the high card. I mean, he's a guy that you can believe comfortably as an inter- take a wrestling guy. He's kind of a a guy who would be a consistent intercontinental U.S. champion winner, a guy who you can believe can carry the high mid card, but can never break into the top two or three fights on a night. He's not that good. Because he either looks very good or very bad. He's just not good enough to be a top contender. Frank Muir is not. I like Frank Muir. God, I wish he had been able to beat uh, Lesnar. But having watched him in reviews, he's just not good enough to be that top level. And he's actually in, since he's getting older, his window is just about to close. Especially with all the guys coming in into the UFC now that are ex-college wrestlers and such. A lot of those guys that have been there 34, 33, 35, 36, they're aged, they're aging out. I mean, who could believe that three, four years ago we could say that about somebody like Rampage? But he's getting older. Forrest Griffin, getting older. I mean, Rampage has been fighting over 10 years. It's a lot of miles. That adds up. Why, I mean, that makes why somebody like uh, Range Couture so unusual in that they've been able to fight for so long at such a high level. Which, in large part, Couture doesn't get finished very often, and he's got that strong ground game. And Couture just Couture came into came into this when he was like in his mid thirties. He's still kicking ass. Yeah, but I don't know. Of course, a big match that. Has been rumored in the MMA world is going to be the December pay per view. Nate Diaz, the current Strike Force welterweight champion, versus GSP. And a unification match because, in case you uh, forgot, Strike Force did get bought out by UFC a little over about a month or so ago. And the end result is going to be that they'll just merge everybody. So you got that. Moving on from there, uh, I will be doing something very, very wonderful for me uh, in July, the one and only first year, uh, Strike Force pay-per-view. Chicago, I will be going to, yay! It's supposed to be Dan Henderson versus my all-time favorite MMA fighter, the last emperor, Fedor Emelianko. Fedor has lost his last two fights, and he could be aging out, and but he should be able to beat Henderson. Should. If he loses against Henderson, he's done. I mean, completely, it's over. He needs to retire. But if he can beat Henderson, and if Fedor wanted to, Fedor could drop 20 pounds, and he could be a monster at light heavyweight. But he's just a monster. And speaking of, and that would be a good matchup, if he can beat Henderson and then win one more match at light heavyweight, if John Jones, who's also a monster in the UFC at light heavyweight, that would be a great title match for Jones. The problem with Fedor is that he has a blown up light heavyweight at 230. He used to be able to beat freak show heavyweights 
a lot of the guys with the problem with the UFC is having now is a lot of the guys that they're having in the heavyweight division at the 250 range are their best guys are in the 250 to 265 range, which is the max out for the uh, heavyweight. I mean, I've been I've started this call and I want others to echo it. What MMA needs to do is they need to create a new division, replace the max out at 205, and lower it to 200. And call it the cruiserweight from 185 to maybe 205. Your cruiserweight 205 to 225, light heavyweight 225 and up heavyweight. There you go. Because for guys like a Fedor, guys like Richard Evans, Richard actually could drop down to welterweight if he really wanted. He was a fat heavyweight, he's still a little bit bigger. At Light heavyweight, but he could drop down to 185 if he really wanted. But the problem with that is that he would lose a lot of his power. A guy like Dan Henderson at one at 185, he loses cardio bad, and he loses heavy, and he loses some of his finishing power. At 205, he's got a lot of finishing power. So, but you have to consider that. And I mean, look at a guy like uh, like Forrest Griffin. Horace Griffin walks around at 230, 245, and he cuts a lot of weight to get to 205. So, I mean, but if you created a new max, you created a new 220, you go 220, 225. A guy like Fedor, a guy like a lot of, a guy like Chip Congo, a lot of these guys that are the lighter heavyweights could have a belt and they could still be contenders and sell out stuff. Would they do it? I don't know. It's gonna. It's. I doubt they will. I doubt they will because it's gonna take the UFC to do it and convince either Nevada or California to make that the thing because everybody bases off one set of rules, which are generally the California or, or the Nevada rules. Everybody has the same rules. Uh, let's see. Anything else in MMA and UFC on my list? No, there's not. Starting. Tuesday, we have the NBA Finals, the Heat, and the Mavericks. You know, I, before this playoffs began, I actually had reported Carol Chronicles where I talked about the playoffs, and I said the Mavericks would lose to Portland. I did not release that. I'm kind of glad I did because it looks like I was wrong. And the Mavericks have a shot at winning the title. I don't think they will. I think they'll lose in six to the Heat, I think they'll lose game six to the Heat in Miami, probably like a week or so, a week and a half away, but I think they'll lose the first two in Miami, and two of the three at home, and then they'll be closed out. And, uh, Miami will win the title. Now that said, I could easily see the Heat winning because Jason Terry is a they they put Terry and Kidd out there at the same time. Terry will just, just he's matched up against Dwayne Wade. Uh, that uh, Wade takes Terry. That kills the heat. That'll hurt. That'll hurt because he can shut down Terry. But and Kidd versus Mario Chalmers or who's the other guy? They've got uh, the broken down corpse of uh, the former Heat and. Guard, God, who is his name? This is from Memphis, and I can't remember his name. Oh, Biddy, Mike Biddy. Yeah, yeah, they've got that's. It could be fun. 
And uh, Mike Miller, Pedro Stoyakovich, that's a wash. Uh, Udonis Haslam will not be able to do as much against the Heat, against the Mavericks as he will against the Heat, but LeBron will kill whoever is put up against him by the Mavericks. And Sean Marion will be able to slow him down a little bit, but no. The upside for the Mavericks is that the Heat have nobody to defend. Dirk. If I'm the Heat, I basically go, okay, Dirk, you're getting yours, no one else is getting shit. That's how I would do it. I would basically let Dirk get 35 to 40 and just defend the shit out of everybody else so they don't get open three point looks because Terry Stoyakovic are very good three point shooters. Uh, JJ Barea could be an X factor in this, especially if they run a three, if they run three guard with Barea, Terry, and Kid. Maybe that'll be interesting to watch because Barea's got some speed and the Heat have the weak interior defense. If they put Bray out there at top against Bibby and he penetrates and you know Dirk and Haywood playing a little bit off of the uh, outside of the box, drawing off Haslam and uh, whoever the hell and Bosch. That'd be fun. Now I do expect if that happens of LeBron to come over and try and block a clip and get a couple blocks, but yeah, we're gonna go with uh Heat and six. Could even be Heat and five. Could be heat and five, but I'm going to say heat and six. Moving on, we've also got starting on Wednesday night, the NHL playoffs. Boston back in the cup finals for the first time since 90, trying to get their first title since 72. Uh, no, they're not going to. They're playing Vancouver, the first Canadian team in a couple of years, and the first Canadian team to have a realistic shot at winning since 93, the year before the before the uh, before Vancouver was last in the finals versus the beautiful, beautiful New York Rangers where the Rangers won their second stand, won their first Stanley Cup in four years. But the year before the team that I hate that I like the least in all of hockey, the Montreal well, I'm sorry. I hate the Devils, then I hate the Red Wings, and then I hate the Canadians. And my only hatred for the Devils is because of the neutral zone trap. <clears throat> to play the neutral zone trap, I like the Devils. Although I did root for the Devils against the Red Wings, because my hatred for the Red Wings is because I used to love the Avalanche. The Avalanche got rid of a couple of my favorite players. They retired. Just Eckick, I loved you. And so I stopped being a big fan of theirs. Now I don't really root for anybody in the NHL. I just watch occasional games. But you've got Vancouver, Boston. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Tell you something that'll be I think Vancouver could sweep, but what will be interesting to watch is the NHL is the last of the uh, they still do a two two one 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 in the finals where the NBA went to two three two in part because of the uh, because of the Lakers Celtics titles when Lakers and Celtics were playing every year or the Lakers and somebody on the far east Celtics were playing every year in the nineties in the eighties. So you would have two games in Boston, two games in L.A., then a, then a day off, game in L.A., then a day, say like it was, let's say the Lakers had home court. It would be two games in L.A., game two games in Boston, day off. It's a travel day, game in L.A., day off, travel back to Boston, day off, travel back. And on that travel day, travel back to L.A. So 
the NBA said, no, we can't do this anymore because this is killing the players and killing the TV. And it is killing the players because they basically did not have a day off because they had to play a 7 o'clock game in Boston, Okay, and which is actually an 8 o'clock start there. It ends at 11. By the time you get on the flight, it's 1 a.m. Fly all the way to L.A., which is makes it 1 a.m. there, but your body thinks it's 4 or 5. Sleep, try and recover a little bit, and play the next day. Part on the players. And the NHL still does it, which I've heard horror stories about the uh, Vancouver Rangers uh, title game where the players... The, the rain, a lot of people believe the Rangers deliberately lost. And they just didn't have the energy to play in Game Six. And that's why they came back. That's why we came back to Boston. I mean, came back to New York. So I think honestly, uh, if the if Vancouver come out winning five, will be a Game Seven. That'll be a Game Seven. Home ice doesn't mean as much in hockey as it does in the NBA, especially now. But Game Seven always does matter. It tends to go to the home team. Game seven, be it basketball, be it baseball, be it hockey, tends to go to the home team. Tends. So we'll watch out for that. Let's see, anything else going on? Uh, The Cavs look like they're trying to get the top two picks in the NBA draft. Kyrie Irving and Williams from Arizona. And as I said to the to uh, injury report and big lead, and they actually retweeted, yay! Yeah, Kyrie Irving and what's-his-name are not exactly game changers. But, uh, I'm the problem with the trade, and here's the basic breakdown. The uh, basic breakdown is the eight pick and Rip Hamilton to be traded, and this is the trade exception that the Cavs have from Detroit, because Detroit wants to basically clear some money, which, this is a weak draft, so I can understand them not wanting to do that pick that they want to play your back. Uh, and then the Cavs would take the four and eight pick and then trade it to Minnesota to get the one and two pick. Admittedly, in this draft, there are two player, there are two good players that you can say are going to be good players off the jump, and that's those two. Everybody else is going to be athletic. Could I mean there's some guys who are great rotation players, according to Rick Buecher and a couple other guys that follow this, but nobody outstanding. So, I mean, and I'm going to say, this is going to sound funny. If the Cavs did this, considering how weak the East is, they could continue to a playoff spot. And Kyrie Irving, Williams, uh, J.J. Hickson, and Anderson Verjao, that's not a bad lineup. The problem is Verjao is a small, is a power forward, not a center, and Williams is a tweener. So that's not a great fit for him. For him, the best fit would be a... Team, I mean, a team where he could play like a four. He could play the four, but be there with a big three. He's doesn't. He's not quite a stretch three. If he develops a good three point game, he could be a stretch three, like an Antoine Jameson. Or Jameson was a three who turned into a four. Williams could be a three who turns into a four, but he has to have a good rebounding center or a good rebounding small four next to him. Uh, a team like. Uh, old school Phoenix when they had Marion, a team like the Heat, a team like the Cavs used to be when you had LeBron James, who could be a good rebounder and could guard a four on occasion. Williams is not that great. Uh, Kyrie Irving is an above average point guard, but he's he'll be a guy. He, 
he'll be a guy who can get you 16 and 7, 16 and 8, maybe even 18 and 8. But he has deficiencies. And I say that knowing he's the next big player and I wish he'd come back. That's it for the NBA. NFL, the lockout is what the lockout is. I have no idea. What that. Sean asked me earlier in the week what I thought the would win this games. At this point, I'm going to say 50-50. If this is still going on, come August one, I think we'll miss time. I think we will miss maybe a game. I mean, really, August one is going to be almost the drop dead date because you won't be able to get into. You're, you're going to need two preseason games and two weeks of practices, so you're going to need a month. If you sign on August 1, say even as late as August 5th or 6th, then you have time to get players in, do two weeks of practice, do two preseason games, and you're gone. If they do sign that late, they're going to have to have some roster exemptions. That's going to be about it. Um, but I don't know. It does happen look for some hard cap stuff to come down in the NFL, uh, especially rookie salary cap. NBA, there's going to be a lockout. The NBA is basically, they have said that they're losing 360 million. That comes out to about 12 million per team, 12, 15 million. That said, most of those losses are going to be confined to a few teams, I think. New York, LA, New Orleans, Orlando, and so the other team I think is probably losing a ton of money. It's probably a fifth team. Uh, Chicago, uh, Cleveland's probably losing money. And Atlanta. I think those teams are losing money. And Charlotte. I think those seven teams are the ones that are your big loss leaders. And maybe even my beloved uh, my Memphis Grizzlies, because the Grizzlies didn't start selling out games until the playoffs. They had more sellout. They had, as many, they had more playoffs games sell out in the postseason than they did in the regular season. Yeah, think about that. We sold out all six home playoff games. We had four sellouts during the regular season. That's because the team didn't gel and get going until roughly the second half of the season. But think about that. A team like LA had the highest payroll of 91. And they didn't have anything. So they, they lost money if you're talking about in season sales. They probably lost a little bit of money. And that's where you got to look at. you got to look at those teams that had the highest payroll, the Knicks, the Lakers, and then you're then you got to move to your smaller market uh, in the Magic. And then you got to look at your smaller market teams, the ones that didn't sell out a lot of games, that still had a correspondingly high payroll, which basically is uh, Memphis, which actually was in luxury tax. There were a small market teams and people pitch it around. Uh, and then the teams also mentioned Cleveland probably fell in that range. The Bucks might have them out there. Charlotte definitely, definitely Charlotte because their owners are dumbass. Yes, Michael Jordan's a dumbass when it comes to being an owner. They had some high salaries on there. Uh, New Orleans is what New Orleans did. So look for a harder cap in the NBA as well. Uh, moving on, we're going to move over to baseball. And still number one in my heart, almost will be. Boston looks like it's getting hot at the right time, and it's not good for 
Yankees, the Tampa Bay, because it looks like the Rays are starting to scuffle and struggle as their players had a great couple of months, but he didn't pull that. And the Yankees, as usual, need pitching. Yeah, looks like the Red Sox are probably going to come back and win that division. My beloved Braves offense is scuffling. And our pitching is being, it's being decent, but our offense is being horrible. Uh, surprising uh, news in baseball. Uh, Frank McCourt made payroll for May 31st, averting the takeover by the league. Yeah, nobody expects that to last forever, though. So anything else going on in the big, bad world of sports right now? Nothing I can really think of. Uh, so let's move on to a little bit of tech talk. Eh, big news is Google Wallet, which is going to be their which is partnering with my company, Sprint, that I work for, as everyone else has signed up with an alternative to Google Wallet. I think they're doing that because they're trying to basically blunt a little bit of Google's uh, power. Yeah, good, smart move. Um, the big reason this is important is because what is called near-field communication, or NFC, this one is already built into several smartphones. Uh, if you have an Android device and wonder why your device doesn't have, will not get, or does not have 2.3, is 2.3 Google Android uh, Gingerbread, as it's better known, pretty much almost requires you to have, if it's a existing device, if it's a new device, it's going to require you to have an NFC chip built into it, which basically is a little. Uh, if you've ever seen the pay passes at Exxon's or at a lot of base, uh, a lot of sporting events, you just wave it and it deducts the money straight from uh, a credit card. Right now, uh, Google Wallet is set up to do on Citibank card, a blind Citibank card. If you don't have one, it will, they can create, they'll get more options for it. But what it does is it charges, it comes out, it works like a double blind card. It, your Google Wallet will pull from a card that you have assigned to it, and then that it'll basically charge to the Google Wallet, and the Google Wallet will pull it from there. So there is some pre-limits and stuff. You can set limits on how much can come out on a day at a time, such and such. Uh, the NFC only works when turned on and when the screen is turned on, and only uh, they're basically trying to, and they've got pretty good encryption and security on it, so right now I'm not seeing whether or not it can be hacked. I'm sure somebody can hack it and has, but if you have your NFC turned off and your screen is turned off and you're not authorizing the transaction on it, which I'm sure some script hackers have come up with ways around that, it can charge. Mm. That's how they're going to be doing it. Uh, the only phone, there's only a couple of phones out now with it uh, that Say if you're on Sprint, the Nexus S, the, up, uh, the Motorola Atrix on AT&T, the upcoming Evo 3D, the I think the Thunderbolt has it. I'm not sure. Uh, Verizon, a couple of the Photon for coming out for Sprint will have it. Basically, pretty much any Android device coming out, pretty much starting next month and on. AT&T is going to be building it probably into the 4GS, which is their next-gen iPhone, the one, the next one we should get, and then the iPhone 5 will also have it. NFC is a great idea because it, prevent, uh, it will help you with, if you want to buy something, that way you don't have to pull out your card or anything. Um, 
and also why it's good for cons for common guys is that they have a little near field thing. You just do your little iPhone or Android device, buy it, and bam, it goes right to it, which is a, uh, a good way to get stuff paid because a lot of people don't like carrying a lot of cash on them into cons, so they can have that. Another big uh, development is Square, the guy that uh, is uh, founded by the guy who did uh, Twitter, is a uh, got a good write-up story in Wired on how he's trying to change the mobile credit card payment system. It's a good good idea. He's basically given away a lot of readers to um, people, and you basically plug it into on a, uh, it's a little adapter. just plugs right onto your phone, be it an iPhone or be it an Android device. And it, you swipe the card, sends it out, through the, and it comes back and authorizes it. It's basically just a mobile credit card swipe and authorization. What he's trying to do is uh, lower because his fees are a lot lower than everybody. Just, that's how he's going to do it. He's just going to charge less than everyone else. He figures by volume, he's going to he's following the Walmart model: charge less, you get a high volume, and bam, that's how you do it. I support him. I applaud him, and I wish him great luck. And I hope a lot of my credit. Uh, a lot of my comic creator fans and comic creator friends and the people I love decided to use this system because it's a because of the fees. I mean, it's great. He's also had a couple of months where he's not charged fees just to get people to take the thing. Well, uh, let's see. Anything else uh, coming up in the world of tech? Google Music is coming down. I have not got my invite yet. I'm still pissed about that, Google. Can I get my invite, please? But I doubt it. Uh, it's going to be their cloud system. I don't know what it's going to be like exactly. You can go up there and search and find more info than I have. I haven't really done much research on it. I will promise you this. I will do research on it, and I'll know more next week. I'll also have some info on cloud-based uh, music next week for you. Anything else? Uh, oh, uh, look, watch for Amazon to be dropping or announcing soon their versions of the Galaxy Nook. I'm sorry, the what I call mine, I call it the Galaxy Nook. I have a Nook color that I've uh, hacked to basically allow me to run Amazon apps and stuff, uh, Android apps, and all other ones because I have most of my music, most of my books are Amazon books, and I buy a ton from there. I don't like the Barnes and Noble storefront and everything. I've always used Amazon, so because I had a Kindle for about a year, so I still have a lot of stuff from there. I still want to be able to access it, and you can't really put Amazon's books. You can't convert them over to Mobi or EPUB. To be able to read, to be able to be read on uh, other devices. So watch for that to come down or be announced soonish by Amazon. And let's see, next week we'll have some more intensive tech talk. We'll have uh, a Raw and SmackDown and WWE report from myself and Dean, and the first of the MMA reports with myself and. My good friend David Holt. I'm going to probably be recording that uh, this upcoming Wednesday. And let's see, anything else? No? Nothing's left on my list? So I will leave you and say, have a great one, y'all. And just remember, we were sponsored by Toll House Cookies. They're not Famous Amos. They're not Chips Ahoy. 
they're not ducking hinds. But you know what? If you ain't got a lot of money, go get yourself some Toll House and milk. Bye, y'all.